Welcome, guys, to the first episode of the Monkey Mind Journal podcast. If you guys have been with me for a while, you guys might have known I've done a, I started a newsletter, not the most consistent with the newsletter, but I started a newsletter called the Monkey Mind Journal. This is an extension of that. This is a podcast. Um, I want to do almost in tandem with that newsletter. Um, I want to get back to the newsletter, but I'm sorry, I really enjoy... I don't know, I just enjoy podcasts, and I, the more I can make, the better. Kind of weird in that way. But, again, this is the Monkey Mind Journal podcast. Um, kind of want to go into, like, what I plan for this podcast. It's really, when I think of this podcast, I think about, you know, kind of sharing the experiences through the week, you know, a little bit more into my life for, you know, for those who care. Also, I want to interview some friends, you know, I think it'd be cool to interview some people and not maybe in the less business way, but just, you know, I got some friends that are pretty cool too. So have a space for that and also share some gems. I kind of wanted a space to share some of the things that I hear and learn throughout the week. You know, you guys can't see it, but I have a lot of books and I listen to, a, I've been back on my podcast, Heavy Grind. I read and listen to lectures. So a space to share that is pretty dope, but do, if you guys do me a favor, if you guys are down with this concept, do me a favor, um, rate this, uh, follow this on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you're watching on, listening on. Um, also rate the rate the podcast; it helps out a lot. If you're on YouTube, do me a favor, like the video, subscribe for more content like this. And yeah, um, hope you guys enjoy the listen. Kind of nervous. I don't know. I'm always nervous about the concept of doing like a solo, you know, doing a solo podcast. It's one thing to have guests or have a co-host. It makes it a little bit easier, but something about the anxiety of doing a solo podcast is kind of, kind of gets to me, but I'm in a space right now in my life where I'm kind of doing some of the things that make me uncomfortable, um, which is another reason I'm kind of doing this podcast, getting more comfortable with the uncomfortable but yeah, I'm kind of excited for this journey. Can't wait to see where it goes. Um, it's September 23rd. I don't know why I'm sharing that. Um, yeah, the month is almost over. September was a blur. I took a break from the other podcasts I do. I do a podcast called Special Friends Podcast with my co-host Ali B. Check that out. I'll put that link in the description. Also, I do a podcast called Creative Balance Show. Um, I also put the link to that podcast or that YouTube channel. It's all it's all on Woozy Media. Um, check that out. I have I really enjoy those podcasts, and I don't plan on stopping those podcasts anytime soon. Um, but la this this last month, I took a break from all that. You know, um, my co-host on the Special Friends podcast. Um, she picked up some more classes. She's a professor. Uh, give her name, Professor B. Um, so, you know, her schedule was changing. My girlfriend is moving back closer to California. So my schedule will be changing a little bit along with working with other projects. Um, the Creative Balance Show, I got my equipment stolen. So I had to take a break from that and kind of didn't want to just jump back in, kind of trying to get some you know create some um 
some episodes to have in reserve so I don't have to be in such a rush to do some of the interviews, keep the quality up. So been taking a break, man. And I don't know, it's it's kind of a it's always easy to see it when you're after the break, but because during the break, it's kind of hard to appreciate it. But on the other side of this break, man, I'm really glad I took the break. Um, it helped me kind of clarify and reconfigure, you know, when you're running, 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 you know, I, the way I am, I set a goal and then I just charge for it. Um, and I go about like looking for breaks when we can or when I can, when things start to slow down. So being able to take that break around that time was, was really good. I got to reflect on some things, see some things that are working, see some things I want to add. Um, also just kind of take a inventory of my life and see what's going on. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I think it was a really dope experience. Um, definitely recommend if you're, if you're working hard right now, um, and you have the ability to, I would say if you can take, you know, a week or two to really take some inventory of what you've been doing, what you want to do and definitely how whatever you're doing is changing. I think that was the biggest thing I realized is that the industry is changing as I'm charging ahead. So trying to be more cognizant of that and, you know, reconfiguring more often, I think you'll benefit a lot from that. So really glad, really glad to have that break. It's what gave me again, the idea to throw this, to do this podcast. Um, and ultimately have a relationship, begin a relationship with, with you guys, those who are going to listen and watch this podcast. Um, kind of wanted to reflect um over the like over the month again we went you know I met some really dope people shout out to flow um shout out to the group ill cool flow there's a group here in Sacramento called ill cool flow they throw uh, events around um musicians they have an event that I attended called beats rhymes and art really really dope event um Check them out if you're in Sacramento. Ill Cool Flow, really dope people. Met Flow. Um, have talked to Flow. I haven't met. I haven't talked to Taekwon a, a bunch, but from the little conversations we had, he's a dope dude too. And what they're doing in the community is dope. You know, creating a platform for for musicians of of all levels, even incorporating some people from outside the city. I think that's really dope, and um, I love that. But I kind of wanted to um you know, talk about that experience a little bit because to take a step back when I was, you know, I'm 26 or I am 26. Um, when I was t- like around 2021, 20, very, really, very socially awkward, you know, not really the most, not that I couldn't carry a conversation. I couldn't initiate a conversation. I'm very bad at initiating conversation with people I don't know. Um, very hard for me to make new friends. Um, if I'm being honest, it's not the easiest thing for me to do. And what that information and knowing that information, I had to, you know, find a strategy when I was younger to, to meet new people. And the way that I did that was through photography. Um, I had a camera, I always had a love for the art of photography. My mom had a Polaroid when I was growing up always loved the art of the Polaroid. Um, but I had ended up getting a, um, 
a sixty six a six thousand classic Sony camera, and really going out and hitting the ground, running, taking pictures. Um, had a kit lens, just really going out there and thugging it out. But uh, one of the main reasons I was happy about having that having that was it allowed me um, a reason to be involved. I think is the best way to explain it. Like the camera for me gave me validation of why I was in certain spaces and that helped me be more social. So when I started to build my friend group in my 20s, um, cause I no longer hung out with my friends from high school. I very, I used to go out with my camera and just take pictures. So worst case scenario, if I didn't meet anybody or whatever, I got pictures that I, that I, I think are dope and I get to play with in video and learn how to photo edit on. Um, but usually what would happen is, you know, you see somebody taking pictures, especially if you're another creative uh, that helped me spark a lot of conversation seamlessly. Um, and that helped me build like a really solid friend group in Fresno. And shout out to all my people from Fresno. I'm not going to shout out individual names because there's so many people and I don't want to forget them. But all my homies from Fresno, big shout out to all y'all. It's always love. Reach out. I'm telling you, I'm always excited to talk to people from Fresno. Um, but yeah, when I moved down to Sacramento, you know, I kind of, had to, you know, I had, now I'm back at square one, right? No friends. All my friends live in Fresno. Can't really kick it with them unless, unless I'm going to keep driving back down to Fresno, which wasn't an option and still isn't an option at this time. So, you know, you kind of got to go back to, you know, hit the, go back to square one. Um, so that's where I picked up camera, picked up the camera again. Now I have it. I used to have an A6400 before it got stolen. Now I have an A6100. It's about the same camera. It's not the the screen has a little bit of difference, but as far as quality and fidelity, it's still it's still a great camera. Um, anyway, but for going, I went too far left with that. Coming back around, in that I've been looking for more events. So this is where I I got my boy from Fresno. Shout out to to Brian Cade. I will give him a shout out. He invited me to this event, uh, Beach Rhymes and Art. Um, it was in Midtown. If you guys are familiar with Sacramento, that's you know. It's called Midtown. It's 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 not downtown, but it's near downtown. Um, still Central Sacramento. Um, the events there at a at a place called the Groundswell. Um, and I met a lot of dope people there. Met you know, actually, obviously hung out with Brian. Met Flo. Um, chopped it up with. Um, Nikki Rain, chopped it up with Nate. Chopped it up with 92 Steels. Had some really dope conversations with those people. Uh, more importantly, met Flo and Taekwon and even met um, John. Had a really good time. It was a really dope event. Met a bunch of people there. Um, and I kind of just wanted to talk to that talk to that point and kind of give some advice and, and share that with people is that, you know, I saw a clip on social media, which is basically saying that if, if you don't have positive people in your life and you want more positive people in your life, one, you need to cut off the negative people in your life. And two, you need to replace them with positive people. Well, it's easier said than done to, you know, find new people, especially positive ones. But I would say if you have a hobby or if you have interests, 
go out and start doing things around that interest. I know it sounds like cliche, but that's basically what I did. You know, I, I love photography. I specifically love taking photography at events. So I go to events and I go to events that have creatives there. You know, Beach Rhymes and Flow was a perfect example of that. Um, I go to these places and get to enjoy myself, get my little sip on, but also get to, uh, uh, you know, have conversations with people and also do my art, which is photography. So um, if you're, you know, if you're at that place right now where, or if you're in a place where you're either thinking about finding new friends or you have no friends, you're looking to start new relationships with friends, you know, go back to the basics, man. Go back to your hobbies, you know, um, whether that be gaming, you know, um, whether that be, you know, um, cards, whether that be knitting, whatever that be reading, you know, find some physical places to meet some people, you know, find a book club. If you're a reader, you know, find a card shop or a comic book shop. If you're into, you know, that medium of, of or you're into that type of thing. So, and just, you got to keep going and uh, be open to conversation. You know, again, I'm still, I'm much, much better as you can hear me talk. I'm much, much better with social interaction and having conversation, but um, I'm still very much so socially awkward. You know, I'm especially when I meet someone new, it's kind of like, it's so fresh that I don't even know how to talk, what to even say to people, but be open to that. You know, it's always, always safe thing is to swap Instagrams. Maybe easier to swap Instagrams and message them on Instagram. Um, maybe numbers if you're if you're if you're that type of person. I'm not the biggest giving out my number person, just because I don't like when people call my phone all the time and text my phone all the time. But swapping Instagrams is a very safe bet. And I'm telling you, man, it, it made it made such a big difference for me. I've, I've met some dope people. I've met, like I said, again, flow. I went to another event where I've met. You know, uh, I met. I went to a recent uh, Beach Rhymes and Art event. Uh, shout out to Virgo, Virgo Gabrielle Savo. Um, yeah, the shout shout out to the folks at that event. It was a it was a great time. Really enjoyed it. Um, just love being around genuine people. Even Thursday, I went to. There's a place here called Rochambeau. Also, by the way, I'm giving you guys the gems. Play, these places, Rochambeau, you know what I'm saying? The Grounds Well, you know, looking up events by Ill Cool Flow. These are some places that some pretty fl- pretty, pretty dope things. So make sure if you're from Sacramento, check these things out. Um, be on the lookout for these things. They're really dope. But Rochambeau, another place in Midtown. Went there on Thursday. They had an event called The Rotations. Uh, met some cool people. Marcus. um, you know, Danny, she's a she's a wine tender. Um, Melody, another wine teller. Malik, another wine t- tender. Um, Papa Willard, DJ and wine tender. You know, Jordan, DJ. You know, DJ Fooders. Met so many. Met so many dope people, and kind of wanted to speak to that man. This is I just been having a lot of genuine. You know, you ever as you guys ever been in that space where you just had a lot of genuine relation, like genuine interactions with people, you know, I'm not going to say I've been having fake interactions with people lately, but I've, I've definitely haven't had as many genuine interactions with people lately. 
and that night was just, you know, uh, food for the soul, man. Definitely some genuine people there. Shout out to Marcus, DJ uh, Most High. Shout out to Jordan. Shout out to, you know what I'm saying, DJ Fooders. Shout out to, you know, DJ Popper Willer. You know, just shout out to them. Really, really dope people. Had a great time. Great energy. Really energized me um, going into this week. But, yeah, just wanted to give love to, to genuine people. But I wanted to talk to some things that I'm, I got planned, you know, talk about some goals I got for, you know, October's around the corner. Again, this is September 23rd. So, you know, we got one more week of one more week of September and it's going to be October. So I'm kind of, I don't know if you guys are familiar with something called 75 hard. I'm pretty sure many people have even seen the hashtag 75 hard or some people know it. There's another one called 75 soft. I'm not too familiar with that one, but 75 hard was uh, created by Andy Frisella. I believe he's a motive. He's a speaker and he's also, um, uh, he wrote a book also has a podcast and you know, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge of discipline is what the 75 heart is. And I'm really excited to, to try it. Um, but also overcome it. I know I do want, I'm going to try this. Um, the point of the challenge is if you mess up, you have to start over the 75 days, I want to, I want to get through this. Um, so I'm kind of going to go over there, not go too deep into it, but go over what the rules are. The rules are simple, but these are the rules. Um, the first rule is the workout twice a day, but the kicker is that one of them has to be outside. Um, you know, that's, that says enough by itself. Having, having to have one workout outside, like doing two days is not a problem, but having to have one outside is definitely, um, just a comfort like a comfort challenge in itself because geez louise especially not making it something cheap like just walking you know i've been tempted to just do like a a 45 minute walk but like who you know what kind of thing is that i want to i want to i kind of want to push myself a little bit further than that but the first rule is work out twice a day the second is to drink a gallon of water a day the third is to follow a diet that means no cheat days no alcohol no drugs you know not to, you know, that the drinking the gallon of water is, is should be easy for me because I, I drink a lot of water already. Just making sure I'm being conscious of the intake. The following the diet is a little bit harder, especially when you say no cheat days because I'm a fatty. As you can tell, I'm a little chunky boy. I love good food. So not having a cheat day kind of sucks. I'm also borderline alcoholic. <laughs> um, So no alcohol kind of sucks. No drugs is easy, but no alcohol. I don't get drunk often, but I do love I do love alcohol. I can't lie to you. Uh, rule four is to read ten pages of a nonfiction book. Um, that should be easy. I got a lot of books, a lot of books that I bought that I haven't finished, and a lot of books that I have that I bought that I haven't started. Uh, definitely all nonfiction. I don't have very many fiction books. I don't think I think the only fiction book I had I let someone borrow. I never got it back. Um, and then number five is to take a progress picture a day um for 75 days straight so again the rules aren't too crazy i don't feel like any of these are complex but i do think you know just by reading off the list that these are challenging in themselves especially when you think about the time period of 75 days that's a what two months and a half two months and a half of um working out twice a day you know drinking a gallon of water 
following a diet with no cheat days, no alcohol, no drugs, reading 10 pages of a nonfiction book and taking a project, a progress picture. You know, that's um, not an easy thing to do, um, but I'm willing to, to push through and try that. You know, um, I'm definitely, definitely nervous and anxious about taking on this challenge. Um, you know, when you think about scheduling, you know, I, Again, I got this podcast. I have two other podcasts that I work on, and I'm also working on other projects. So my schedule is pretty crazy. But, you know, the, I think Andy talks about it in one of his podcasts that the point of this challenge is to understand that there's never going to be a perfect time. And there's going to be times where your schedule is packed. And there's going to be times where everything lines up perfectly. But it's about showing up and, and pushing through no matter what. So I'm kind of really trying to tap into that energy Again, I'm I'm big on the I'm big on trying to just fuller fully solidify my uh, discipline. You know, I, I think that's where I fall short the most. Where you know I'm, I have a routine, I'm disciplined, and I let a lot of pe- let a lot of things or external factors come into play and, and throw off my game. So doing the 75 hard uh, is going to be really cool. Don't know if I'm going to post my progress. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Maybe doing on a five day interval or something like that. Just for the content, for for the sake of content, maybe do some reflections or something like that. But can't really say um, I'm gonna be doing too much content or media around it. Um, but if you guys are interested in a challenge, um, feel free to reach out. Maybe we can, you know, start a group group chat or you know something to kind of like kind of like motivate each other. You know, um, I think that'd be really dope. I think that'd be a, a great time. So if you're interested in that. Let me know. Um, yeah, it's pretty much, pretty much as far as the the seventy five hard. I did want to kind of go over some of the things that I saw during the week. I won't go too heavy for the first episode, you know, because um, obviously it's going to be a, a lot more that comes with this. But there's some things that stood out in the news um, to me that I wanted to talk about, and one of them was this article I read about, you know. I don't know how you guys feel about the concept. Uh, I get it. I get it, guys. We're scared about food. We don't know what the quality. We're, we're scared about the quality of food, uh, how plentiful food is. So we're trying to find alternative ways to to produce food. One of the things that they're they're trying to do is 3D printing, 3D printed food. I don't know if you've seen that where they can 3D print steaks and things like that. Um, they take stem cells from an animal, um, grow them in the Petri dish to create muscle fibers. It sounds crazy as I'm explaining it. And then they use a, a, a 3D printer that can then, you know, print, quote unquote, print these, you know, what, what basically is like tissue, and they let it grow even more and it turns, it connects and becomes like a steak. People have tried it. It's not mass produced yet, but, um, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I'm not, if it gets to that point, I'm gonna become a vegetarian. I'm not, I'm not eating no 3d printed meat. I'm not gonna lie to you at that point. I feel like there's a, I feel like there's a bigger problem going on. I don't really, you know, I, I don't know all that goes into the industry of meat, but you know, to think to get to the, the point where we're over here 3D printing meat, you know what I'm saying? Is it because it's a cost effective thing? You know, I know, I think, I know, I'm pretty sure like water comes into play and stuff like that, but 
if we're like again, if we're getting to the point where we have the 3D print meat, yeah, absolutely not. I'm not. I'm gonna go vegetarian at that point. There's no point for me to be either that or is gonna get my money up and be able to afford. You know, there's gonna be the 3D printed meat section, and there's gonna be home. You know, the 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 grown section, and I'm I'm gonna have to get my money up and and buy grown meat because the fuck I look like eating a 3D. Sorry about that. What what I look like. You know, getting a 3D printed steak, like that's absolutely a no go. But I will say on the flip side, they're also doing 3D printed vegan meats. And it's something about the vegan version of 3D printed meats that I'm actually here for. There's a company, I wish I got the name of the company. I could probably look it up as I'm talking about it, but there's a company that makes 3D printed um, salmon. You know, it's made it, it's vegan. I think it's made out of like um, mushroom, like it's like using things from mushrooms and whatnot to create it. I thought I thought for me, if we're going to go to 3D printed food route, I think that's the route that I'm willing to go down. And it sounds real. Sounds better. It's uh, Revo, R-E-V-O, Revo or Revo. Um, they create a uh, vegan, vegan um, salmon fillets. Um, they call it the filet, no sugar, gluten, or cholesterol. It embodies an authentic meat-like texture due to its micro protein. Even has omega-3 and all the essential amino acids and vitamin A, B2, B3, B6, B12, D, and D2. So I think that, to me, is something I will kind of get behind. I'm not going to lie. Um, ever since Beyond Meat, the alternative meat market has been actually really, really fire. So I'm I'm definitely behind like creating more alternative proteins. Again, I don't think I'll ever fully go vegetarian or something like that, but having that option to have something like the filet, um, instead of having, you know, the actual item, you know, for health reasons and just, you know, again for sustainability reasons, I, I think that's a sound thing to do. Um but yeah, again, the I don't know. Let let if you guys have some ideas, you know, re, comment down below what you guys think about three D printing meat. Like, do you guys think it's going too far? Because like you know, like when I think about three D printing meat, especially when we go into the concept of like stem cells and creating muscle fibers stuff like that, it's giving very much, you know, God complex, you know, like creating meat outside the guise of nat of you know the laws of nature it's just like so wild to me like i get it like ever since we kind of like you know mass produce farming we're kind of disconnected from the meat anyway we don't really some people don't even care or realize where meat comes from or like really don't they know but they don't really connect to the two together that you have the butcher animal and i get like that might be a little antsy so like 3D printing meat might be a little bit more digestible, but like to me, I just think that's fucking wild. I'm so sorry for the language, but I just think that's so wild to me. And I just can't get behind it. Um Yeah, I'm cool off all that. Um, but if y'all are interested in 3D printing meat, it's on it's on the way. It's coming. Um, I'll stick to the vegan alternatives, but if you're looking for some, you know looking for you know you don't want to slaughter animals here's your here's your alternative to be a you could be a is it considered vegan 
Would be eating 3D printed meat considered vegan? You're not hurting an animal to get the stem cells. Well, vegan is just not eating. I guess vegan is not eating any animal animal product. But when I think about 3D printed meats, like. I guess it's still not vegan, but I understand the goal of a vegan is not to hurt animals. If you're able to create meat that doesn't harm the animals, would they would they start eating meat again? Or I, I want to see what that looks like, because that's, a, you know, what I'm saying like I don't want to get too deep into it, but that's a that's a that's a that's a thought that I'm thinking now. Like, what would that be considered? What would that be considered? That's a good question to ask some people. Let me know what y'all think. Is that eating 3D printed steaks, would, that, would you consider that still be a part of the vegan agenda? Or what, is it just the fact that it's any animal-based animal based product? It's just, it's a no-go. Um, I kind of wanted to... Oh, that's what I meant to say. On Thursday, I forgot to bring this up. On Thursday at that event, um, I wanted to just say... You know, the, the, the podcast is called The Monkey Mind Journal. The newsletter is called The Monkey Mind Journal. I'm here to say firmly that journaling ain't dead. For anybody who thinks that journaling's dead, journaling ain't dead. If anything, it's on the rise. Amen. And people are getting comfortable with my journal, with journaling. I got two journals right here. Actually, let me see if I can grab one. I'm literally reaching for a journal right now. If you're looking at the video version, got two little composition book journals. They're a little bit too small for me, but they were two bucks. So um, decided to try them out. Um, I usually, well, I'm not going to say any names, but I got these two. But once I get to the point, I'm, I'm really a big fan of journaling. I keep a little mini one and I keep a big one. The big one is for the big ideas. You feel me? The little one is for the, you know, the, the minutiae of life. But yeah, man, I'm, journaling ain't dead, bro. I, I went to that event on Thursday again. Shout out to shout out to Rochambeau for throwing that event. It's called Rotations. They do it every Thursday. Um, if you're in Sacramento, pull up. It's a good time. If you're a DJ, pull up. You know, it was a great time. They gave everybody a a small set to to run for. I think it was thirty minutes or thirty minutes or something like that. It was a, it was a great time. Um, but as I was sitting there drinking my wine, um, I was drinking a red wine at the time. There was a guy next to me that had a journal, a mini journal as well, a small one. Keeps in his pocket. And, you know, again, not the very I'm not the most socially forthcoming person. But when I saw that journal, it just took, you know, it fired me up so much. I had to speak to him and just went up to him. like, Hey, man, I see what you're doing. Put out my journal show to him. I was like, yeah, you feel me? I, not not the best. Probably wasn't the best socially move. You know, it's hard to go somewhere from there but that's what i did showed him my journal to him like and i appreciated him for keeping journaling alive you know what i'm saying he said he uses his journal he has a, his journals a little bit more flimsy a little bit more like um i don't know if you've seen the, the journals that are kind of just like flat flat cardboard looking paper very bendable he has one of those journals he keeps say he keeps it in his back pocket throws it in his pocket takes it out he was doing some looked like he was doing some doodles didn't get his name i don't know why i didn't get his name but didn't get his name but I did. I did wanted to speak to that. That journaling ain't dead. Um, kind of want to do in the future. You know, do a segment around journaling. I think, I think journaling would help most people. 
some form, whether that be just writing down your tasks physically, um, whether that be using your journal as a therapy session and kind of just writing out how you feel, or even as brainstorming. Like I brainstorm a lot in my journal. A lot of ideas come to mind and a lot of ideas also dissipate. You know, a lot of my ideas are ephemeral. They kind of come and go. So a journal allows me to to capture a lot of those ideas before they, before they disappear. I don't catch them all still, but I capture a lot of them. But yeah, man, shout out to journaling. If you guys want, if you guys are interested in like journaling content or anything like that, let me know. Um, you know, just to let, you know, just show me if there's any interest in the concept of journaling. Cause if, if you guys are down with that, I, I'm, I'm down to really get into the weeds with, with journaling, I, you know, share some prompts. We can share prompts with each other and just kind of, you know, you know, just, just share in general. I, I see this as a, as a video audio version of a journal. So again, going to show some, share some, some thoughts that I have here. Um, before I got some, I, I listened to some podcasts this week that I want to shout out but before I get into that. Again, if you made it this far, do me a favor, like the video. I appreciate you. I love you. And I hope you're enjoying this, this podcast. Um, yeah. Can't wait to see where it goes. Um, but before I go, I got some podcasts I listened to this week that I want to share some gems from before I go into the gems, I do want to talk one more thing about, um, I should have touched on this earlier, but I do want to talk about work-life balance. Um, I talked about taking that break. If you have the ability to take that break and take inventory to do that, I think it's important. I think it's necessary. Um, and I don't see why you wouldn't do it, you know, like. How do you know what you need or what you're lacking if you don't know what you got? You know? You feel me? So taking inventory is important, but in that vein of taking inventory and taking that break, I want to talk about work-life balance. Um, I've been sitting down with a mentor lately. Shout out to Miss Mariana. If you guys aren't, if you guys don't do anything this podcast, do me a favor and go on Instagram, type in Miss Mariana, uh, M-I-S-S-M-A-R-I-A-N-N-A. Uh, big shout out to Miss Mariana. I appreciate her. I love her. Uh, interview for for the Creative Balance Show will be coming out with, with her pretty soon in the near future. Um, but big shout out to her. She's uh, become my mentor in the recent months, and it's been a, it's been a true blessing. She's a, a beautiful soul, um, just knows how to make you feel good, knows how to speak to you infectious energy just a dime 100 percent a dime um been working with her we sat down um a couple weeks ago and fleshed out you know energy energy levels talked about a schedule um i won't go too much into what how we went about it but i do want to talk about um something that's kind of weird to me that i started to realize as i started to make my schedule is scheduling kind of gives me anxiety, not even kind of, I think it does give me anxiety. Um, the way that we went about scheduling, I, I have like a full fledged calendar that has time, you know, time, time, um, slots. Um, I went that route just because my schedule is hectic. Even this podcast was in that time slot. So it's like, um, yeah, some, something about looking at a calendar that has hella stuff on it gives me major anxiety, especially because I view my calendar in the month, in the month view. I don't really go into my calendar in the, in the week view. I might have to start going in the week view because the month view just looks crazy. But 
Um, I like to say in the month of you, just so I can be aware of what's coming up and kind of deal with things as they come or prepare for things as they come. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Scheduling does not give me peace of mind. I know it sounds contrary. A lot of people probably feel, and it does give them peace of mind scheduling. But for me, I'm so sorry, bro. Scheduling gives me so much. Like, again, looking at all those dates and times, like, I can see if I could pull it up so you can just kind of, like, see it. Um, It just, like, just looking at it, just, ugh. Like, I don't know if you guys can see it that well. There's a little bit of a glare, but. See if I can do this. If you're watching the video version, you can see it. But that's what my calendar looks like right there. How can that not give you anxiety? Jeez Louise, man. And the week view does not even make it any better, honestly. Because the week view does it by time slots and it does it by vertical time slots. And I'm not going to lie, vertical time slots are kind of smacked. <laughs> Sorry. They're, yeah, they're, they're kind of smacked. But, um... Oh, yeah. But yeah, it does not give me peace. I will say, though, in that scheduling does not give me peace, but it does make me highly productive. I can't. As unsettling and as um, anxiety inducing it can be after you get set into your schedule, you know, you become way more productive. I've been way more productive this week than I've probably been in the last three weeks. Right now I was taking a break, but nonetheless, coming into a new season with a schedule it just even if you don't stick to the schedule time for time the fact that you have slots for them you're working with those slots i just get so much more done i've you know i've, I've done laundry i've washed dishes i've actually you know prepared for stuff you know i'm not waiting to last minute and whatnot so it definitely helps with productivity i've been more productive um just want to kind of shout out you know Work out work life balance. If you guys are struggling work life balance, I, I would say invest in you know a loose schedule. I'm not saying do what I did and do exact times, but you know get a general idea of what you're gonna do in the morning, the middle of the day, and the evening. What are you gonna do during the week? What are you gonna do during the weekends? How often you wanna do certain things? Um, I think knocking that out, especially where you know I want this podcast to be about you know being the best that you can be you know, being aware and being the best that you can be, you know. Um, so in that, you know, I, I think it's important. You have to, you gotta, there's no question. Like you have, I'm not saying you have to have, you know, we're all going to have different um, levels of schedule. I'm pretty sure people have a more intricate schedule than me where they go by, I go by hour blocks. They might even go into like 30 minute block range. I'm not doing that. Absolutely not. But, you know, even if you have where it's like, okay, in the mornings I read, you know, in the mornings I read, I make breakfast, you know, I write, I write in my, my journal. I do journaling in the morning gratitude journals. Um, in the evening I do, you know, I'm, I'm do what I do. You know, I'm going to start the evening off going to the gym, you know, then I'm going to go into making dinner and, and having, having, you know, making and, and eating dinner and then in the night on some productive work or, you know, you know, reading or whatever, you know, however you want to do it, you know, um, I go back and forth with it just depending on what schedule is going on for me right now. I'm doing creative work in the evening, but there was a time where I did creative work in the morning, just the morning, something about that, that block of time between four and five, you know, four thirty, five thirty, 
when no one's awake and no one can distract you, not even social media notifications are going off, there's a lot of beauty and peace and high levels of productivity when I'm doing that, you know, working in the fastest state. Um, But yeah, just wanted to get that out there. If you're trying to level up this next season of life, man, get a schedule. Or if you already have a schedule, like I had a rough schedule, you know, refine that schedule. You know, define what you want in that schedule. You know, get rid of some of the things you're not doing no more. You know, and then and then not on top only not only that, but stick to your schedule and start telling people, um, and kind of putting people on your schedule, bro. Like, I think that's another thing about schedules. It reminds me of a lot of a budget. You know, Dave Ramsey talks about. You know, the reason the best the reason why you should make a budget is because if you don't tell your money where to go, your money's going to go wherever it wants to. It's going to find a home. So it's better you choose where it goes before it it chooses for you. Um, I think the same thing applies in the schedule. If you don't set the time. That you want to get things done. Things will fill that time up. Things that are less important. If you don't make time and find time for the important things in your life, more less important things will fill that time up very quickly and with no regret and no remorse. People will also fill that time up. So a schedule is also a defense. It's also a defense against people who waste your time, against things that waste your time. You know, if I know that I've scheduled to video edit at 8 p.m., and I'm, I see myself at 8.15 scrolling, doom scrolling, uh, being aware that I should be doing that is going to snap me back into it. Also, you know, if I'm aware that I have a podcast the next day at 10 a.m. and my friends want me to go out on, you know, Friday night, I might have to turn it, turn that down, which I end up having to do it. Sorry, sorry, Malik. But, um, yeah, it's just how, how it is. Not saying that those people have ill intentions, but... You just got to kind of guard, you kind of got to guard that. And then that's where I'm at right now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to achieve at the highest level possible, man. No regrets whatsoever. Um, But let's get into some of the gems in this podcast on some gems that I had during the week. Um, Listen to a few podcasts this week. One of my favorite, I decided to go back to an Odie but goodie, you know, the Hype Beast podcast, not the Hype Beast podcast, I apologize. The Business of Hype podcast on hype beast radio um the podcast hasn't had any new episodes recently um my podcast creative balance show is heavily inspired by that um on a lesser so level not really too much on the business side of it but more on the balance side of it but the business of hype podcast was basically a podcast where um shoot his name is slipping me now what's the guy uh John Staple, uh, no, is it John Staple? Not Vince Staples. That's the rapper. Shoot. Come on, man. How can I forget his first name? Staples, Staples, Staples. The brand Staple, basically. Um, I'm still going to find it, though, because I want to make sure it's correct. Give me one second. I'm looking it up right now. Jeff Staple. Jeff Staple was the host of this podcast. Um, fucking love the I'm so sorry. I love the podcast so much. So addicted to it. Can't get enough of it. Um, but uh, there's a there's a few episodes that I love. One of my 
ultimate favorite that I always go back to is the Tremaine Emery one. He shares about his life. He's the owner of um, Denim Tears, uh, creative creative director of Denim Tears, and also uh, co-founder and creative director of No Vacancy Inn. He does that with his boy A-Side. Love him. Tremaine Emery. God, that guy. The man, like, I'm going to link that this podcast episode in the bio. Listen to it. It's just, it's hard to explain it. It's just the way that he talks about life is so um, comforting. Um, It seems that he's, what word I use? Comfortable with the ebbs and flows of life. Tremaine just knows how to convey a story in a way that's, I would say, not only entertaining, but engaging, um, but also very accurate. The words that he uses are very accurate. He's not very loose with his vocabulary. He's very precise on the point, on the dime. Um, you got to listen to it to understand what I'm saying. But when you listen to it and you hear him speak, the words that he used, especially if you go back and, you know, uh, start to, to like look up what he's what those words mean, like attrition and things like that. He's uh, he's 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 a craftsman at explaining what he means. And uh, it's hard. I can't see people getting him getting too many things he says confused, but. Something I wanted to speak on in his in his podcast. Excuse me, sorry about that, Bert. Two things I want to touch on. Got some notes here that I wrote, but the first thing I wanted to talk about is something that we've all heard many times. But I want to, you know, re re hit the nail on the head because even myself, I need to keep hearing this. He talks about your why. You know, at the end of the podcast, um, he speaks about being very careful what your driver is for what you do stuff for. You know, we all have reasons we do anything. Like, let's just be honest. Like, whether it be family, whether it be our own personal drivers, like, there's something, there's a reason why we're doing what we're doing. Biologically, like, there's something going on here. There's no, no one is doing anything aimlessly. And if they feel like they're doing something aimlessly, if they take some time to realize this, they realize that something else is driving them. Again, Back to the the analogy about the budget. If you don't pick something, if you don't pick a driver, something will be, you know, if you don't pick a driver, something's going to drive you regardless. Like it's better off that you pick it than just be this succumbing to whatever happens. But he talks about, um, you know, being careful what that driver is, you know, which is basically saying, what is your why, you know? You know, if you he talked about like if you move to L.A., like really understanding why you moved to L.A., not because everybody else moved to L.A., because if if you move, if, if you moved because everybody else moved to L.A., yes, you're you're in treacherous waters, my boy. You're 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 with the waves at that point. Like you're not, you know, because you're going with whatever else is going and, and nothing. When we when we deal with things in that way. You know, um, 
things get very tumultuous. Did I pronounce that correctly? Things get very hectic. Things get very, um, um, what's the word? Um, we start to dance on the extremes at that point because you're just going up and down and up and down and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So you need to really understand why you did certain things. Um, this is something we've heard before, you know, start with why is a book, um, that if you haven't read, you maybe should read or even watch the, just watch the Ted talk on it. Um, talks about the, the importance of knowing, uh, know that knowing the answer to the question of why you're doing what you're doing. Um, but I just really want to talk to that because, you know, I don't think anybody should, ever, you should always, you know, let me, let me, how do I say this? I say like this and I'm nobody, but you'll get it when I say it this way. I don't care what you do. As long as that's something that you truly want to do. You get me? I can't be mad at somebody for doing something they really want to do or they love to do and understanding what comes with that. I feel like that's important to hit that on the head. It doesn't matter what you do. It's what matters is why you're doing it and under you understanding why you're doing it. You know, if you are going to school because, you know, you want to feel validated by getting that degree, understanding that's what you're doing it for. I can't be mad at you for going to school for that. If you understand that now, if you're trying to paint it as something else, you know, I can't respect that, but, when it comes to understanding that, I can respect that. As long as you understand why you're doing what you're doing. There's a lot of people doing that. A lot of people go to school to, the, to uh, make their parents proud or make your parents' sacrifices validated. You know, a lot of people do go to jobs for that same reason. Some people do. Some people work high-level jobs because they just, you know, they want to live a certain life. It's just that simple. Understanding why you're doing what you're doing is so important. Um, because it just helps you not waste your own time. We're not here forever. We are all, you know, we all have a date. You know, we don't know what that date is either, which is an important point not to get morbid. But, you know, we don't we don't know what life gives us. So we, we need to stop wasting time. You know, if there's something that you want to do within reason, I'm not saying being crazy and just quit your job and go become a rapper. Um, but if you want to be a rapper. What are you doing to do that? Again, step back. Why do you want to be a rapper? You want to be a rapper because girls like rappers? It's not really a good reason, smart reason to do it. Do you want to be a rapper because it's cool? Again, not the best re reason. Do you want to be a rapper because you love the craft? Okay, respect. Maybe you want to be a rapper because you know you can make a lot of money being a rapper. Respect. Again, I don't think, I think even if you want to be a rapper for the girls, I can respect that if that's something that you want to do, but you know, I just hope you understand what comes with this is understanding what comes with, with certain things, you know, you can get caught up pretty quickly, you know, doing some dumb shit, you know, and falling victim to some things. So I did, I just, him talking about why talking about his, why not really talking about his, why, but telling people to be aware of why they're doing the things they're doing is just so it's something I wanted to share and just kind of, again, put that thought out there. It's just, if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, Sit down, take some time, get a piece of paper and just write on there. Why? Answer that question. Don't even think about it. Just start writing. 
and you might start off with some like makes a lot of money. It's cool. Be be successful. You know, but once you start getting past those early stages, you'll still you really get into the into the meat of why you're actually doing what you're doing. And that way you can decide if you're doing something that's even worth you attempting to do still. To share myself personally, like why I do what I do. One, I love podcasting. Again, I love it. I love the craft. I enjoy it. I enjoy all that comes with it. Love listening to them. I love self-help. So even doing something like this is just one, a comfortability challenge, pushing myself to do something uncomfortable, you know, pushing myself to that bleeding edge to grow. That's that's one of my whys. But also, you know, I do want to share these things. I feel like I read these things and I write about these things. You know, I have these notes about this podcast, but I want to share that with people build community around that. So that's a major why for this podcast specifically is to build community around not just specifically self-help, but just, you know, um, grow community and sharing, sharing gems, sharing lessons, sharing life. You know, I think, I think that's important right now, given my personal life. Like I just feel like that's important again. We're going to die one day. The more people I can share life with, and give life to through, you know, through mediums like this and receive life through the same mediums is is beautiful. I think that's what everything is about. So your why is very, very important. And understanding that is, is really, really dope. Um, I also wanted to talk about um, he talked about something in there. Uh, Jeff Stapled in his inter- in his in his uh, in these interviews, he does his own reflections throughout the interview. And one of the reflections he talks about Tremaine's view on his old jobs, how no matter if he was working at FedEx or, you know, working at J. Crew or working at Mark Jacobs, um, he had the same outlook on all of it. He didn't really, you know, he didn't really fall victim to too much of like, you know, like the, um, the semantics of the job. He went every job he went to. He worked as hard as he could. He gave it all. He gave it his all. And, you know, he respected the job um, and treated it, treated it again with respect. Um, and Jeff spoke on that. And I kind of wanted to share that where Jeff kind of spoke that your old jobs, even if it's not something that you want to do, if you want to be a rapper or I'll even take it to something, if you want to be you know, a lumberjack and right now you work at, you know, T-Mobile still put your best forward at T-Mobile because T-Mobile might be the audition for being a lumberjack. I don't, I don't, I don't see, I don't see where it would correlate. Maybe, you know, people skills or something like that. Maybe I, I listen, I don't know. I'm maybe I wasn't a bad example, but anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like if you work at T-Mobile and you want to one day work in a fashion house, like, still show up at T-Mobile still put your best forward at T-Mobile because that as they explained it in in that in that um interview is the audition for that job in the fashion industry the lessons that you'll take from T-Mobile will transfer over the skills that you get from T-Mobile will transfer over you know I've worked many jobs I've been a security guard 
you know, I've worked in, um, I used to work for Save Mart. I worked in my family restaurant. I used to, I used to climb into attics and, you know, set up security cameras. I used to do renovations, you know, all those different things. I can take lessons from all those different things that I've done in life and apply them back to the things that I'm doing today. None of those things went to waste. I can't think of one thing that went to waste. Everything I got a lesson from and every lesson has pushed me f- f- uh, pushed me further. But I only got that by one, being present and respecting those jobs in those, par- those present times. Um, no, that's pretty much it. Being present and respecting those jobs in those present times. That's about it. Yeah, that's what I did. You know, I've always put my best forward in any job that I've done. I've never, I don't, I've never saw myself as a career man ever. Even right now, I'm a diesel technician who's now moving into sales. Never saw my one day in my life being, you know, working in sales or working specifically in the diesel industry in sales. You know, if I did sales, I see myself doing something else, but the diesel industry, like I never saw that coming. So nonetheless, I've, I've, you know, what got me to this position in the first place is really taking the job serious as being the lowest of the low in the diesel industry, just, you know, being hella dirty and doing oil changes, you know, just showing up and, and still having a fire personality and, and being a, you know, being aware and things like that. And my, you know, in this situation, my boss saw that and decided to present me with an opportunity that I decided to, uh, to, to go with. But even here in the podcast space, you know, there's so many things, especially being a, a, bar, a, a waiter, like there's so many lessons you learn and, dealing with people and emotions and difficult situations that as I do interviews for creative balance show, I I have a grant. I'm still learning, but it's just so much, there's so much that I, that transfers over and just connecting with a person in a brief, in a brief time period. We only have an hour usually in an interview. So how do I connect with a person in an hour and allow them to share some of the deep, some of the deep things that they go through, but also uh, package that in a way for you guys to, you know, get something from me. Like I, Again, auditions, like, take what you're doing right now serious. And if it's something that you can't take serious, leave. Find something that you can be proud in doing, you know, because ultimately that's going to lead to where you want to be. One way, shape or, one way or another, whether it be a person you met there, whether it be the lessons you learned there, whether it be the skills that you learned there, you know, it's one way or another, it's going to put you in position later in life. So definitely take advantage of those, um, of those circumstances. And yeah, I thought that was, I got some other stuff that I, I've got on here, but I kind of don't want to go too much into it. I want you guys to go listen to the podcast yourself again. It was, uh, it's on hype beast radio. It's on YouTube and on SoundCloud. I mean, SoundCloud, apologize. Apple podcast. Um, Spotify, I imagine so as well. I don't personally use Spotify. Um, it's called the Business of Hype Podcast. Um, Tremaine Emery's episode. I can't remember the number, but if you type in Tremaine Emery and Hype Beast, you know, Hype Beast Radio, I'm pretty sure you'll find it. Uh, there was another podcast I'm listening to. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the name Ali Abdal. If you guys are any level of productivity, like fiends like I am, you, I'm pretty sure you've heard of Ali Abdal. Um, I love him to death. He's so he's so good. He's so personable, so funny. 
but he has a podcast called the Deep Dive Podcast. Um, he's also the one who inspired me to do a, um, a newsletter in the first place. Um, but he has a podcast called the Deep Dive Podcast uh, where he interviews people in around business. And he inter- he did an interview with Rory Sutherland. He's the, like, I think I think he was the owner. I want to say he's the founder. Uh, don't quote me, but... If he's not the founder, he's like a high level position at um I think it's called Oogly. It's a marketing firm, one of the biggest marketing firms in the world, but it's based in the, in the UK, I believe. Um really really dope dude. Talk about vocabulary. God, Lee, that man, you can get lost listening to Rory Sutherland talk. Oh my god. He he talks I I love listening to him cuz I like I like have my brain working that way, but if you sit there and listen to him talk, like he's hard to listen to when you're idly like I can't listen to him idly doing work, but I listen to him while I'm driving, like for sure. But yeah, Roy Sutherland, um, he talked about a lot of things on his pod on his on his um episode. It was really, really dope. The the biggest I got two things I want to talk about real quick and then we'll kinda sh- uh close shut start to shut down the shut this down. But Rory and um Ali started to talk about um I remember the context of when they were they were talking about, but basically just talking about growing in the knowledge that we know. Um, and Roy brought up a concept of talking about um, there's exploitation and there's exploration. And he said that there we're all familiar with exploitation, right? Like exploitation is basically using the things that we know to our advantage. There's nothing wrong with exploitation. I know it usually has a negative connotation, but in this in the in the general context of the word, exploiting what you know, using the information you know to benefit you, there's nothing wrong with that. Period. As long as you you know, we're not talking about using it for malicious intent, but you know, if I know that if I take the streets, I'm gonna get to work five minutes faster, using that is exploitation. Using something that's gonna help me benefit and be more productive. You know, right? Um, and then exploration. Well, he said we all use exploitation, but we don't use exploration as often. And exploration, as he explained it, is um challenging those ideas that we have. Um example, what the what the driving, you know, if I know that um it takes me five, it's five minutes sh- faster for me to take the streets to get to work. Um, that's exploitation, but exploration is trying, trying a new route or trying the freeway and seeing if it's actually five minutes faster. Maybe it's only two minutes and maybe the freeway has less traffic than the street, less stoplights, and it might be more gas efficient. So it'd be worth exploring that route. Um, you know, we get so caught up in what we know and what's working. We don't always try new things. And that's what he was touching on. I think that was so powerful for me um, to think about some of the things that I know and then I've used and I've benefited from and I continue to benefit from. But how often do I then go back and explore and learn more about those things uh, recently um, some things with social media, you know, I'm, I'm used to reels is cat reels is king. Use reels to your best of your ability. But 
and learning, you know, just understanding that I've been posting mostly reels, but taking a step back and, and learning about social media, like, you know, continue to learn about social media, you realize that reels go to everybody, but and this is some game I'm giving you guys for free. You know, this is free game today. Posts go straight to your followers. They don't go to everybody, but reels go to everybody. So a post is a good way of building deeper connections because it's content that goes straight to the people. You know, it's very good for news for people who are looking to use your platform as news, maybe, or some kind of like something that you want to show specifically to the people. Posts are a good way of doing that and sharing that and building deeper connections. Reels might not be the best thing to do that with, you know? Um, and that's something I've learned. I've seen, and I've learned some things that people, some ways that people use reels. I mean, some people use posts example, um, a lot of places have been doing this, but Gary V finally picked up on it was he would post a meme or a picture. You know, he calls it a meme, a meme or like some kind of eye catching graphic and then a care, a, a two picture carousel. So the first, first one is the meme or the picture. And the second one is the video to give context. Um, I've seen that pop up a lot. I think I'm going to, I'm going to start trying that out here in the future. I think there's a lot of, um, there might be some success in that, especially if you're talking about growing depth and keeping people engaged. I think I'm, I want to try it out, see how it goes. But yeah, uh, that's an example of exploration. I, I know that reels work. I've had a reel blow up. I've had reels do better. I've had reels that have more views and likes than followers than I have. So I know that it works, especially talking about a driver for growth. But that doesn't mean I shouldn't explore the idea of, you know, of the posts. Because, you know, there's still, yeah, you can get your reel on the Explore page, but, you know, you also want to diversify your content and ways to to use the post in a better way ultimately still will create growth because if somebody watches that reel and wants to tap my page, they'll also be like, okay, I go, okay, he starts posting, he posts, you know, these types of video, these types of, this type of content and I'm, I'm interested in it might give you a drive closer to a follow and a more engaged follow than just somebody who's just following for the fundies. So I thought, I thought that was a, a dope gem to share, you know, don't be complacent in what you know, or be stagnant in what you know, cause it's still working. doesn't mean it's not, I want to use work complacent, but don't be stagnant in what you know, explore that idea, challenge that idea, learn more, pick up a new book. You know, we know a lot. We get to a certain point. We feel like we know so much, but constantly exploring and kind of keeping that childlike, childlike um questioning is beneficial for sure um last thing that i want to talk about not last thing he talked about but last thing i want to talk about um is augmentation versus replacement this is a very very important topic given now with ai he also talked about ai and this is that you know um there's worry with ai around that AI is going to start replacing people's jobs. And it's, people are attempting to do stuff like that. People are trying to push that envelope of replace your job with this thing. Um, I don't think we'll ever truly get to a place like that because it just doesn't make sense. And if, if from, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm not saying things aren't going to get replaced by AI. I, it just don't make sense for me personally to see it, to see the world go that extreme where not everything's by AI. And it's like, what, what are we going to do and how do we even exist? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
am I going to have an AI that grows everything for me and I don't have to no longer have to buy food and stuff like 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 what, like what are we saying you know like some some that I just don't see that working that way but um yeah um he was what he was talking about when he said augmentation versus replacement is that you know when it comes to technological advances um we can sometimes get so caught up in the benefits uh we can get so caught up in the benefits that or the immediate and initial benefits that's, that a product gives we don't really look at all that comes with full utilization of that um technology or product or whatnot you know um again the tractor people see the tractor as a replacement of the farmer or the plow but really it was an augmentation um just makes a farmer more productive and can have more land, you know, it doesn't fully replace the person. It just augments and makes them better. Um, again, with AI, I see, I don't see AI ever replacing people, but I do see AI as, as an augmentation. Anything that AI is replacing is somebody who is doing a meager job, you know, like, you know, um, trying to think of something off the time. like i've seen some people like oh there's an ai system out there that can like uh jump cut for people go through hour-long videos and jump cut uh semi-accurately i don't know how accurate it is but it seems accurate enough um again if, if your, your job is getting if you're getting replaced if your job is if that was your job and you're getting replaced, um, one, just get better at the craft. You know, uh, you know, a jump. If your job was just to cut, cut the podcast so the main guy can do what he needs to do, like that wasn't a real job. And not, no disrespect, but not like saying your job is is you know trash or anything. But you know, you were just doing a filler job. Um, and if AI replaces that, I mean, you just need to take the time to get more comprehensive skills so you can then become the next person, you know, and AI will also allow you to now have somebody to cut for you so you can become that person. You get me? So, you know, I don't think, I don't think AI is replacing people. I think it's augmentation, especially when I think about, you know, I think about myself as an interviewer, like I haven't used it in this way, but I could see AI allowing me to create more in-depth questions and to kind of exploring questions a little bit deeper. Um, some questions that will have a little bit more weight, but again, he was talking about, um, um, sorry about that. I read a message, but, um, yeah, he talks, he talks about, you know, be careful as a society, we have to be careful about replacing things too soon. He gave a story about, um, the infrared door, the, the doors that automatically open when you walk by them, you know, um, an expense, an expensive, um, apart, not apartment. Yeah. Apartment complex who may have a dorm doorman could see by, if I buy this door, this infrared door and have maybe like a key cat, like a key, a key card situation, that let, or like something that scans a person and sees they still live there 
you know, they can cut costs by, you know, X amount of thousand dollars a year. So that's the initial benefit. Like, okay, we can hire one last person. The door does the same job. And, you know, um, we save all this money. Like it's, it's a no brainer, right? Um, in doing that, in doing that, you start to notice that your vacancy rate goes up and you don't understand why your vacancy rate is going up. And then you start to realize that after installing a new door, you know, there's people sleeping in front of the property. Yeah, they can't get in, but now they're sleeping in front of the property and there's transients and there's things like that that are now bringing, you know, making the experience worse for those people who come in, you know, and they start to vacancy start to rise. So you don't realize that, yeah, you're replacing that doorman, you're saving money, but you don't realize the, yeah, his job is to open the door, but there's other implications that come with being a doorman, you know, whether they be just greeting the people, you know, having a friendly face, you know, uh, when, when they, when the people who live there are coming in, um, another example he gave was like the, the meters. I, I think a lot of people who live in the city, especially live in Sacramento, there's a lot of digital meters out there. He's talking about by going, by going as, by using, you know, um, you, you, they now have a digital meter where you can just use your phone to pay. You pay with your phone, you connect your card to the phone and you pay and that's just it. It's that simple. Um, and that, you know, it is more convenient. It's way more convenient. Don't have to keep change on me. Like it's a blessing. But for those people who aren't tech savvy, or who don't have a phone like that, if you completely replace those, if you don't, if you take out the option of, ex, of receiving change, now those people who don't have a phone like that, there's a lot of people who still have flip phones. Um, they now can't park in downtown. You know, it's, it's a very dangerous line that we, that we dance on and we, we, we play with, um, when we deal with advances in technology. Um, and I thought, I thought, I thought that was just a, such a genius way of thinking about it. Like just being careful of, of replacement. I even think about like, I think about that in my personal life of like, you know, we all, you know, especially someone who's a productivity person, like it's so easy to think that somebody is in the way and like causing to be unproductive, but don't realize that, that the weight that, that person really has in your life, you know, to take the, take the analogy a little, you know, take a little left, but you never realize the weight that's, you know, you, you might be like, Oh, all this dude does, you know, I got this friend. All he want to do is hang out. He ain't never, he not trying, he's okay working his little weak job. All he wants to do is just hang out. That's it. That's all. Like, I'm trying to achieve at a high level. If he's not trying to be on a high level with me, I'm cutting him off. And like why rationally I can see that is dangerous because yeah, that person might not want to achieve at a high level, but he might be one of your, you know, high, like one of your, you know, best friends. He might be one of the more emotionally intelligent people, one of the more honest people in your life. You know, somebody who's content, he might be one of those people who don't even want, like one of the few people who don't want anything from you, like, and yeah, cutting him off, you'll be like, what, 10% more productive? Like, oh, I don't have to worry about a phone call from that guy. I blocked him. He's, you know, he's out of my life. But what other things start to suffer? You know, you don't have somebody to confide in. You don't have someone to be honest with. You don't have somebody who 
can be there for you when you're emotional. And I, I know being productive, a lot of productive friends, a lot of productive friends that a lot of productive friends that I have also deal with depression and deal with depression in their own ways. So, you know, it's hard. I'm, productive people aren't always the best people to confide in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, being just being being aware when we when when, when we're trying to optimize our life and optimize most things that it's not always about replacement. You know, it's sometimes it's augmentation. Maybe, you know, that friend who doesn't do as much, he wants to hang out and talk on the phone every week, every day, every week. Maybe you just need to tell him, hey, bro, how about I just call you on Fridays? You know, or, you know, I call you every, you know, I call you every other day, you know, or, you know, voicing that to them. And maybe you just need some augmentation in that relationship, not maybe a replacement or removal in that sense of that relationship. So, yeah, those are some some concepts that I was thinking about during throughout the week. Uh, listen to those podcasts. Uh, again, the first one was the Business of Hype podcast. Check it out on YouTube and uh, Apple Podcasts. The second one was a deep dive podcast video version on YouTube at deep dive podcast. And, um, I believe he has the audio version. I usually watch the video version of that, that one. Um, but yeah, man, those, those are the, the things I wanted, I wanted to share. Appreciate you guys for joining me, joining me on this first episode of, you know, the monkey mind journal podcast. If you guys enjoy it, do again, do me a favor. First of all, you come this if you came this far, just give yourself, you know, some love. Appreciate you for sticking around and enjoying this conversation. If you enjoy this type of conversations, again, do me a favor, like the video, um, comment, subscribe, you know, more content like this on the way. This is only beginning. Um, again, some some uh some house house cleaning. Um this will be a bi weekly podcast. I should have said that from the beginning. This podcast will be bi-weekly. Um, again, I'm going to try to work that in with the newsletter. I want to get the newsletter back. So for peace of mind, I'll, I'd probably do this. I'll do this podcast bi-weekly. It will drop every two weeks. Um, so don't expect this one every week, but every two weeks. That's just what's consistent for me. Maybe if as it grows, we can, we can work a different schedule. But for right now, bi-weekly is what works best for me. So look out for this podcast uh, bi-weekly. I think that's the flow. I'm gonna go with that with this one. Um, um, yeah. Again, if you enjoy it, like it, subscribe, comment. What you comment? Some things you want me to talk about. Um, comment some gems. Share your own gems. I'm I'm like I said, I'm I'm looking to, I'm looking for this to be a community. I want you to share. I'm sharing gems. I also want you to be sh- to share gems too. You're in this just like I'm in it. Um, share your own gems. Build some community. Um, maybe if we get to a certain point, we can build a discord channel and just have a, have a, you know, have a little community in there where we just, we just share, we just share, share game, you know, uh, mastermind type bit type beat. Um, yeah. If you listen to the audio version, do me a favor, rate, rate this, rate this five stars, uh, subscribe or follow depending on what platform. Um, and yeah, just want to let you know, I appreciate you guys. Thank you again for tuning in to this episode of the monkey mind journal podcast. I'm your boy woozy. If you want to find me, my socials are woozy underscore Loke jr. That's W U Z I underscore L O C J R. That's on most platforms. If you guys want to follow the woozy media page, 
That's Woozy Media, one word, on uh, Instagram. I'm going to be creating some other social medias. We're, right now, we're just on Instagram, and we're also on YouTube. That's where you'll find the Special Friends podcast and the Creative Balance Show and uh, whatever else we start to make in the future. So um, if you guys if you guys can, subscribe to those. Check out that content. Um, yeah, again, appreciate you guys. Uh, and we're out of here. Peace.